Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the 200th episode of the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the Cousins, Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker CuzCast for all podcast updates and more. Uh, we also have a special guest here, our longtime listeners, well, know the voice. Uh, it's Cousin Patrick. He was the host here on the Husker Cuz cast for in the beginning stages. Uh, welcome, Patrick. Gentlemen, happy 200th. And if I could, a toast. Ooh, toast. I like toast. All right. The 200. Mazel tov. Salud. Lakayam. Lakayam. Nice. Uh, I, Derek, Tyler, uh, and Patrick, you know, 200 episodes, uh, we'll be entering our sixth season this fall of doing the Husker Cuzcast. Uh, you know what the record is for Nebraska since we've been doing this podcast? 25 and 32. They haven't been, they haven't been great since we've been doing this podcast, but, uh, man, Derek, what do you think? I, th- I think you jinx him. <laughs> it, it's probably me. I'm, I'm sure it's me. <laughs> it's got to be. You, you know, there might be something to that because that first season when Patrick was hosting, Nebraska went nine and four. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, put it on me. <laughs> way to go. Tyler, what are your thoughts hitting 200? Oh, it, it's it's amazing. You know, this was something that you know you you three started it, and uh, you know I happy joined the coattails. And uh, yeah, I mean, I if I got a I got a new uh, T-shirt for BigHeadsMedia.com, our merch store, and uh, I, I was should have rocked it tonight. It came in the mail a couple of days ago, um, but uh, to celebrate. So yeah, I mean, it, it's it's crazy how far we've come. Yeah. Did you get uh, your wife one also? No, 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 just me. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's get well, into Now you make uh, me look like a jerk. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't going to say it. I was like, okay, time to move on. Uh, That's kind of par for the course for him, isn't it? It is. It is. All right. So we got a lot to cover tonight. It's our spring game preview. Uh, 
the spring game is going to be this Saturday in Lincoln. Uh, I know that Tyler will be there. Derek, have you made plans to make it up there yet? Uh, negative, Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Dang. All right. Uh, so some of the big news that came out this week. Uh, Scott Frost mentioned that Thomas Fedoni, he has a knee injury. He is going to be out. Maybe come back in the middle of the season. Derek, what did you think about when you heard the news? I'm heartbroken for the kid. But if there was a position where we're going to have a guy get hurt, it's probably tight end be okay. Like, I, I don't know how much he was going to contribute throughout this season. I don't know if he was playing a red shirt and playing four games. I would have liked to have at least seen him in the four games if he was going to red shirt. Uh, but again, with Austin Allen and Travis Volkolek back there, I don't know that he was going to unseat one of those two guys. So, again, you hate to see any kid get hurt ever, but this is probably a better year to happen than when he's a super stud here in a few years. Tyler, what kind of impact is this going to have on that uh, tight end room? I think it has a huge impact. You know, uh, Derek, I I think, you know, I know you're high on him. We're all high on him. But I I, I think he did have a shot to get in that battle. I mean, I don't know if you would say unseed, but I really thought there could be a shot of seeing a three guys out there playing a lot of meaningful snaps. I think what the difference is, you know, we, we talked a lot about two tight end sets and now all of a sudden you, you lose him. You lost Raftal who transferred that depth, that tight end isn't, isn't quite as attractive. Um, especially if you want to be a two tight end offense. So yeah, I think this is a big loss. Patrick, do you feel the same? Short term, I feel for the kid, but long term, he should be fine. I'm hoping he red shirts and uh, I hope he has a long career. As far as the tight end, tight ends are concerned. Austin Allen, uh, he'll probably carry the the yoke for the most part. Um, he probably would have found a way to contribute somehow. I'm sure they probably had a special set for him or whatever, but it is what it is. Next man up. We have to move on. Derek, so we kind of talked about this uh, with this injury, and, and Scott Frost is saying that he could come back in the middle of the season. Do you think we even want him to come back in the middle of the season? Isn't Or what do you think there? I mean, if you can still get him in four games, sure. But I'm not playing him in six games and ruining a red shirt out of six games. Right, yeah. Uh, let's talk about spring game format. This is something that we've been uh, – discussing quite a bit you know we never knew what the spring game format was going to be it seems like it changes every single year and scott frost he tells us today that uh it's going to be no life tackling in the first half Uh, i guess some veterans may be sitting out for it and then they're going to let the younger players go life tackling in the second half can i ask you this did you actually hear his quote he didn't really say it wasn't going to be live tackling. He said it was going to be thud. Thud. What, they're not what, taking what the hell the, does that even They're mean? not taking them to the ground. So they'll be popping pads, but not taking just, to the ground. Just sound like a really dumb term, I guess. I think thud is an acronym for some sort of a helicopter, last I checked. But. Is it? Slightly better than super senior, but not much. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, what do you think of this new format? Well, I hate it, um, but I get it. I mean, I think that's kind of where it's at. I mean, you know, you look at the spring game, 
And, you know, we I think we debate every year, what's the best format for the spring game? What would we like to see? And, and I spent a lot of time thinking about what I would like to see. Um, and, you know, this year I kind of sat there and, you know, I, I had thought about what I wanted, what I would like to see. And then this news came out and you're like, man, I, I, I want to see a real game. Like, even if it's not all the number one versus number ones or whatever it is you just you want to at least see a real game and kind of sucks but i get it when you when you talk about the injuries that scott frost talked about today like 40 some people on an injury report at one point i mean the season is three months away at this point basically i mean you, you, I, you got you got to get healthy for the fall um so i i get it eric did you like it uh, i i don't like i well I, I don't like it, no, because again, I'm I'm with you guys. I want to see some tackling. I want to see cause that's one area I want to see the see if the defense is improving. Are are you improving with tackling? But I get it. Like, let's not risk an injury just to satisfy the fans' needs at this point. The fans are the most important piece of, of all this. If we're not entertained, I nothing think, happens. I think winning is <laughs> a little more important at this point. <laughs> Fan, fans will be happy in the fall when we're winning. Patrick, is this format going to take away from your experience of the spring game? Honestly, I'm just going to watch the highlights. But um, What? You're not going to be watching it live? I, I'm taking a moratorium on Nebraska for uh, the spring game and three games until after the Oklahoma game, and then I'll be back on it. They have to suffer and be punished. Um, <laughs> look, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I get it from a strategic standpoint, and I think it's smart because we have to keep as many players healthy as possible because we got a tall order ahead of us, as a Mr. Moose let us know today. Uh, and honestly, I want to see the depth develop in the second half for the young people. So that I'm interested in because they need to you know, show their, show their stuff and, and impress the coaches and find their ways on the depth chart. So I think the second half is more – is more important and more integral to where we're going as a team than the first half. We already know which veterans are going to be out there. We already know who's probably going to get the starting jobs. It's everyone else that, you know, I'll, 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 add, I'll, I'll add this to it. If Scott Frost is 100% honest in the fact that it's been a very physical spring already, I, I don't know what you're gaining by making it this spring game more physical than it needs to be either. But, but, I agree with you, Derek, and I agree with you, Patrick. But the thing is that the spring game, like, like to me, there and again, never played there, but I just think that a live scrimmage in front of forty thousand people on TV for it, it's it, it's fun. It's a fun time, and I think that it just it takes away from it. It's not it's not it's not a game. It's well, especially pretty par, the, it's pretty par for the course for what the NCAA is trying to do to football anyway. So it is, but but why rush into that? We're going to get there to where they limit tackling. But for this case here, you know, uh, fans weren't allowed in Memorial Stadium last year. We didn't get to watch our beloved Cornhuskers pop pads in Memorial Stadium. This is, and they always talk about the fans. You know, the fans are important. They can't wait to have them back. And they're not going to really put on a full show for what the fans. I mean, they'll they'll let the younger guys get in there and pop pads, uh, and live tackling. But it's just it, it's a missed opportunity. Even they could limit it, I guess, to I don't know a couple series of live contact. But so I say all that say it is disappointing. But I, I do get it. 
Patrick. And besides, it's a glorified practice, and we all know it, Tyler. I mean, it's just for the fans. The the, the work, the, the yeoman's work has already been done this spring, and it's going to ramp up even more in the fall. This is all. This is is a showcase, and at this point, the fans need something to cheer about because God knows they haven't had a lot to cheer about for a long ass time, and a lot of it doesn't have anything to do with COVID either. Well, let's let's face true. facts. All this game is is. Something to give blowhards like the three of us, four of us, whatever, to talk about for the next two and a half months till fall practice starts up. And I want that content. But I'll tell you this. But, like, you talk about the guys playing. And, and okay, so I, I was thinking about the format that I wanted. And I was like, you know, I don't know how much Adrian Martinez I need to see. Like, put Adrian Martinez out there for two series, three mm-hmm. series. Let, let him complete a one long bomb to like an Omar Manning or Oliver Martin to throw a deep ball. So Justin gets off his ass off the summer and, 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 and then it goes to backups. Like I want to see the backup quarterbacks. I want to see it in real competition. And, and hopefully you still get to see some of that, but man, I'm, I'm anxious to what they're going to do at that quarterback position on Saturday. Now, um, you know, what kind of weapons are they throwing to? What kind of uh, contact are they getting at all? I mean, th- that's the stuff that I'm curious on. I find it amusing to think that you th- that you honestly believe one or two good passes from Adrian Martinez is going to change Justin's mind. Well, they'd have well, to be one or two completions. I mean, and it has to be, it has thing. to be at least a, if it's not at least a six. That, that, that's oh. a bold ass lie. He could complete six passes in the spring game, and you would go, yeah, but there was no contact. There's no line tackling. <laughs> Yeah, we're, he we're was doing it. He was doing it against the backups. It doesn't matter. I got those. I got those prepared too. Uh, all right, uh, let, let's move on here. I, I want to talk about something that came out uh, Tuesday night, and Bill Moose was uh, on Sports Nightly Radio, and he made a bold prediction, kind of like what he did when he said uh, a couple years ago that Nebraska uh, he defined success as six wins. I'm just gonna read a couple excerpts out of his quote uh he said it would be great to get into that eight or nine win range and start getting back into the picture of a conference championship and then talking about the postseason i think in year four of scott frost i think that's a realistic expectation he goes on later to say we've got a lot better depth we've got a lot better experience we have solid coaching staff and a real good feeling about the prospects of being competitive in every game this fall uh, and then he goes on to say, and I thought this was also interesting. We're gonna have to bring it every game, and we're gonna have to. And this is important. Be, and this is important. Protect our home field. This has got to be the toughest place to play in the Big Ten. We have to have people fear it. So he said a lot in there. Uh, the full quote is online if you want to read it. But eight or nine wins was kind of what his uh, expectations, uh, what he defined as success as this year. Tyler, or yeah, Tyler, did that blow your mind? No, I, I think that's kind of what I expected him to say. I mean, I I did not think that six wins was going to cut it this year for Scott Frost. Now, what that means, I don't know. I mean, but but I mean, eight wins, nine wins. I think that fans heard that a couple different ways. It sounds like some people are like, man, you're out of your mind. We're not winning eight or nine games. And then there's some fans saying, like, that's it. That's all you. I mean. Eight wins—that can't be the bar. And, I, but yeah, I think I think he's 
what I, I like about it is I feel like this is a public kind of a public shot to back up what I believed was the the behind the scenes all along. That this this is a year that Frost making a bowl game isn't good enough. Um it, it's really about how much he advances. So Tyler, is this an ultimatum to Scott Frost or is he just challenging him? I mean, here's the thing. If Scott Frost wins, goes seven and five, do I think he's getting fired? I, I don't. I'm not saying that. Uh, I don't think he's saying out loud. If you don't win at least eight games, you're out of a job. But I think there is. I think that the this has been a very private expectation for Scott Frost. I think that there's probably been like Scott. This is a year you've got to turn the corner, and it's not just making a bowl game. And Bill Moose kind of showed his cards that he's not scared to let the public know what he's been telling Scott in private. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to come back to that. Derek, what did you make of all of that? Well, I don't know about what all Tyler said. First off, what fans are you talking to that's talking about eight fans isn't enough or eight wins isn't enough? I, I haven't seen any of that. Everyone I've seen is going, what? We can't win eight or nine wins. I, I, I think we can. I, I have us at right now seven or eight wins. And there's a few a few other games that maybe you could upset somebody. Uh, look, people are going to shit on what Bill Moose says no matter what. When he comes out and says six wins, everyone goes, oh, my God, you only expect him to win six wins. Jesus Christ, what has this program become? Then he comes out and says that he wants him to win eight or nine wins, and everyone's going, Jesus Christ, you can't expect that much out of him. If you looked at this schedule, like, like come on, relax. To me, this was... Hey, I expect you to start getting better. And by getting better, six wins isn't what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, so absolutely. I, and there's Look, you look at our schedule, I understand it's tough, but there's a lot of teams out there that you still have more talent than them. It's time to start winning those games. It's time to start, start winning some of these one-score games. It's time, to, it's, kind, it's time to quit dicking around. Like, this is year four. We've, we're, we're giving you time. We're not, we're not rushing you, but it's year four. Time to start doing something. Yeah. It's time to be above, you know. Shit or get off the pot, right? That's it. That is it. Patrick, what did you make of those comments from Bill Moose? Well, thank you for that inspirational speech, Newt Derek. Made me cry. Um, Look, here's the thing. You got Moose saying this, and then he's got a project that he's that he's planning for the North Stadium, and he's made clear in previous interviews, I believe, that he's willing that he that he wants to retire uh, as the AD from Nebraska. It seems to me like he wants to get these two projects off the ground, and then he kind of is giving himself an out if Frost, if Frost doesn't make the eight or nine win uh, that he that he said. Uh, I think it's something to look at, especially if Moose retires and Frost is kind of left hanging in the breeze, uh, depending on, you know, if things don't go quite the way, uh, you know, fans want them to this year or even the next. So elaborate on this. Are, are you suggesting that you think that he could just bail on Scott Frost and go and retire, go off into the sunset? I say he cuts bait. Meaning think, that he fires Scott Frost? I don't think he fires him because whether he likes it or not, Frost and Moose are intertwined. Right. Moose hired Frost. They're connected. But what he can do is he can retire and set himself free from Frost and let whatever happened to Frost happen to him. 
Okay, I see. Uh, Tyler, I want to come back to you. Uh, you know, when I asked you about the Ultimate War Challenge, and uh, what what if play, we'll play the what if game? Five wins. Does Scott is Scott Frost coaching here next year? I mean, I mean, does Bill Moose have to do something if it's five wins after he says this? Yeah, I I don't even know if I want to go down that like. I, I just I think that it gets very difficult to give him a fifth year if he gets goes five wins. And, and I mean, is that the right decision to move off Frost? I don't know. I just think that it becomes very difficult if he goes five and seven to give him a to give him a fifth year. Right. OK. Uh, can, can, can I rebuttal that a little bit? Sure. Before you go on. Uh, I, I disagree with you, Tyler. I I. I have said it from day one, Scott Frost needs a minimum of five years, and that was before we ended up with a pandemic season and which screwed everything up. Uh, I, I think he probably needs more than five years at this point. But I think he needs to show progress. I think if he only wins five wins, I think what has to happen is you look at Scott Frost and go, hey, your buddy's got to go. You're going to start hiring some other coaches. And you're going get to some, get, some, get some better coaches in here. I don't think you fire Frost. I, I hate that. I hate that idea. Like, wh- so you're going to tell the guy, hey, I want you to be my coach, but you're not. It, it's what they did with Mike Riley. Like, hey, I, I, you're our coach. I want you to be our CEO, but l- l- let's bring in other guys to that, do all the That's what they decisions. did with Solich, too, and they came and in it and it didn't work. Bo Pelini. Really? They brought in Bo Pelini. He was one of the best defensive coordinators we've had since then. Bob Diaco, Mike Riley. I mean, we have a. That, that's one example exactly. where it didn't work out. Exactly. When Frank Solis was forced to ref- to get rid of his defensive coordinator, brought in Bo Pelini, it was one of the one of the better defenses we had had in four or five years. And he was only there for one season. Patrick, don't tell me it can't. Don't tell me it can't help. Bottom line, we invested a lot of money in getting Frost here. It's time for us to get a return on our investment. And I think Moose knows that he's got those. He's got that project. He's once that's completed, I wouldn't be surprised if we look at him looking at retiring because he said he wanted to get that project off the ground, that North Stadium project. It started. He already has the people in line to start digging in the damn shovels to get it going. Once that's done, I wouldn't be surprised if he retires. Yeah. I am going to add that uh, I'm kind of with Derek here. I, I think he's challenging Scott Frost here a little bit to get to that eight or nine wins. And if he doesn't come close to that, I think, uh, you know, that expectation hasn't been met. So he will, I think he'll be forced to make a little bit of changes on the coaching staff. And I don't know how drastic it needs to be, but I mean, if there's something preventing him from getting to eight wins in year four, well, then there's going to have to be a long discussion on why you're not getting there. But, but and, if and, that's, has, and that's all circumstantial. Somebody has to be held accountable, right? And that's all circumstantial. Like, if your quarterbacks still aren't improving, then, hey, get rid of Verduzco. If your running backs still aren't or still aren't producing, hey, it's time to get rid of Ryan Held. Like, yeah, I, I'm, not ta- I'm not talking if offensive coordinator is not doing number one, best thing in the world. Like, he's been here for a year and a half, whatever. I, I'll give him a little time. But Verduzco's been here th- three years and has not proved anything with the quarterbacks. Ryan Held's been here for three years, has not proved anything with the running backs. Maybe yeah. maybe Greg Austin joins that conversation. I don't know, but 
they've had their time to get their feet wet. They're beyond that. A- absolutely. It's, they, it's time to be time. held accountable. Absolutely. Patrick. If it comes to that, boy, history is going to repeat itself in a very nasty way because Solis got rid of the old guard, got some new people. He succeeded. He was still on his way out. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, what will happen? I mean, hopefully it's all a moot conversation and they just they get to that eight or nine wins and we can just move on and get excited. So. God willing. Uh, let's move on to spring game. I want to talk about uh, position battles of interest here. Uh, I think we're pretty much set on the defensive side of the ball. There's a few places on the offense and maybe a couple places there on the defense uh, that there might be question marks. But uh, I, I just kind of went in order of like offense and defense. So I want to talk about the running backs first. Uh a lot of unknowns. They're not running back. Uh, Tyler, what do you think about this running back core, and what do you expect to see out of this? Well, I mean, I, let's start with what I think of the running back core. I think is the weakest position. It's, it, 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 it's, you know, I infamously said we are a great running back away from winning the Big Ten, and I got mocked for it. But, uh, but, but, <laughs> I, but, I, but, I, but I do, uh, but I, but I do think that. Like running back is, is a hole for us. Um, what do I expect to see on Saturday, man? I don't know. It's been it's been such a banged up group this spring. I I really hope this is a group that comes out and is able to play. Like I really hope that we see a Sevion Morrison. I hope we see a Ramir Johnson, Ronald Tompkins, I mean Gabe Irvin. I would love to see these guys play because like this is a position that like to say we have a question mark at is an understatement it is a gaping hole of distrust and fear right now like we it just i i need to see something and i i mean the spring game is supposed to give me like great feelings and man i i hope the running back core gets it to us but don't you think that the format of the spring game is not going to alleviate any of those fears here with you know thud tackling you know just popping pads, no live contact. I don't are know you what still that means. Are you going to get warm and fuzzy if they're not being taken to the ground? I, I, again, we'll we'll see how it plays out. I mean, if I see a Sevion Morrison come in and I see him, well, you've heard so much about how athletic he is, and I see him making obvious cuts. Well, I mean, I, I'm making hypothetical, but he he jukes. Uh, 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 Dismuke out of his shoes, and and you put him down. And you're like, whoa! I, I don't care that this isn't full contact. He left him in the dust. Like you start seeing that a little bit. You see Marvin Scott with a little bit more giddy up in his step. And I th- I think you can get something out of this. I mean, you're not going to be able to ride power. You're not going to be able to say like how many tackles a guy is going to be able to break. But I I just want to see athleticism. Uh. Derek, what are your thoughts on the running back situation? Uh, throw a bag of nickels at him, whoever's still standing, and give him the ball. <laughs> does that sound is simple? It, is that where we're at right at this point? Like, nobody's standing out. We're still not going to know what we're getting out of Marquis. We're still, like, I, we, I guess we know what we're getting out of Ramirez Johnson, according to some people. Uh, I still don't really know what we're getting out of him, but uh, he's not going to be playing either. So. I guess just be grateful that the rest of them are playing. Otherwise, it was just going to be the Jacquez-Yant show. I guess he was going to play for the red and the white at that point. 
But and that's a guy that you were excited for, right? That's the guy that we oh, do want to see, right? Absolutely. Although Held Held made a comment today that you'd like to see him slim down a little bit. The guy's full back weight. He's 245 pounds. Yeah, that's a big dude. To, that's a dude that you don't want to square up against when he's charging through a hole. Oh my oh, god, your asshole is gonna pucker when you see that guy marching at you. <laughs> I mean, I. Look, look, at the at the end of the day, I don't, I don't know what to take out of any of the running backs because none of them have been healthy throughout the spring. They're all young outside of maybe Marquez Step, and even he's fairly young. And we're still, like I said, we're not going to know anything out of him because he's not going to play anyway. He hasn't played all spring. Patrick, what are your thoughts on the running back battle? Uh, I tend to agree. I want to see Savion Morrison out there, especially considering we got him out of Oklahoma's backyard. And I want, man, we got to make use of a guy we get out of Oklahoma's backyard. So I, I'm, I'm really rooting for him to have a good spring game. I also want to see Gabe Irvin, uh, considering what kind of uh, press he got for the spring practices. And as for Yant, you know, he's a walk-on and he's very impressive. He's a big back built especially for the Big Ten. Uh, he has a real chance to succeed. But does he have that breakaway? Does he have that kind of speed that allows, you know, can get past five yards to like eight, nine yards? I don't know. I, if, he, I, if he's I, carrying I, defenders with him, he can. That's true. But <laughs> there are some big defenders in the Big Ten. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying that I hope they all succeed in, and, out of all of them, the one I'm rooting for the most is Savion Morrison. And as for Step, we'll just have to see where he shakes in the fall. I mean, everything's a question mark at this point with the running back spot. And that, unfortunately, has not changed since last year. Keeping them healthy has just really been a chore this year, it seems. Uh, you know, go back to the live practice that Tyler attended. You know, only two scholarship backs were playing. Uh you know, Ramir Johnson, he's going to be out for the spring game along with Step. Uh, we don't need to see Ramir Johnson. We, we kind of we have an idea what we're going to get out of him, I think. Uh, not a gr- good idea, but better idea than any of the other guys. So just we got to find a guy to step up. And Derek, I, I guess I guess I'm kind of with you. Just throw back a nickel stand. I was like, okay, <laughs> whoever is there, we, we just, we just need one guy to emerge. And at this point there are no favorites. I have no favorites. I, I, I have no favorites. That's... And here, yeah. and here's the thing. I think any of them can be successful. We need the offensive line to open up holes for them. Preach. Which is not something that I think has been done well. Every game. Uh, I, I think we need some consistency out of who's playing. I don't think you can say, I mean, uh, you you look at what the carries just distribution was last year, and most of it was Dedrick Mills. But outside of that, it was Marvin Scott with like 24 carries, and I think Ramirez Johnson had like eight carries. Like, let these guys get a little more consistency. But did Dedrick Mills, he didn't really separate himself until that Ruggers game, right? He didn't really well, separate I, himself. I don't, think you, I don't think you can separate yourself in the last game of the year. <laughs> well, I mean, with, with as far as like with the uh, with, with the number of carries. I mean, he wasn't blowing them out with the number of touches until that Rutgers. Game, I, I would right? have to go back and look at the carries, but he had a considerably amount, considerable amount of carries more than everybody else. Patrick, it, well, it wasn't all in one game. No. 
the other thing to consider in that game is that he basically had to beg Frost to get him to play. Like, give me the rock, coach. I mean, what does yeah. that tell you about Frost's confidence in the running game, period? I don't think he trusted him. I don't think he trusted him last year. And hopefully the the staff finds that back that they can trust. Well, well, keep in mind that he was hurt for like two or three games out of the eight last year, too. Yeah. Uh, Derek, let's talk about this wide receiving core. And here, here's another group here. Uh, a lot of talent on paper. Uh, what's that talent going to look like live? Oh, man, I, t- I tell you, I, I'm excited for this group. So I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for this group. Uh, so I, I went to look at this just because I wanted to check it out. Uh, out of all the wide receivers in, in this in this class, or in the in this uh, receiving wide receiver room, there's only four upperclassmen, and I think everybody kind of expects a lot out of these four upperclassmen because you got Samori Torrey, who's a senior. Uh, you got Omar Manning, who's a junior. Levi Falk, who's a senior, and Oliver Martin, who's a junior. And I think everybody's kind of expecting a lot out of at least three of those four guys. I don't know about Falk. Maybe somebody's not expect. Maybe some people aren't expecting a lot out of one of the other guys. Maybe they're expecting more out of Falk. I don't know. But you're expecting a lot out of those four guys. But the underclassmen are the ones that just. I don't know. It's it's got me excited. I, we we still have some really good guys out there. You know, we we kind of talked about Jamie Nance, uh, where he kind of dropped off the charts, and and Demarion Houston. You realize both those guys are still labeled as redshirt freshmen this year. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I understand they got the free year of eligibility from the the COVID year and everything. These guys are still technically freshmen. Uh, so so if they if either one of those two or one of those two could emerge, you got them guys for a long time. Uh, Alante Brown's still a freshman. You got uh, that Neville that we picked up this year. That's going to be, I think he's going to be a good player. Uh, we got Xavier Betts, who's still going to be a, a, a true freshman, basically, even with a year of playing time. Uh, Will Nixon, who's going to be a true freshman. He didn't play any last year because he was hurt, but, man, you're hearing a lot about him. Like, the, the the talent level of this group excites me so much more in that running back room. Uh, Tyler, what are your thoughts on this wide receiver battle? Well, I mean, I, I think Derek said it really well. Like when I look at the wide receivers, like like my it's like a brain versus heart thing at this point. Like my brain's like, oh, man, they they haven't done anything. I haven't seen anything. I don't know anything. But then I think Omar Manning. Uh, uh, Oliver Martin, Alante Brown, Xavier Betts. I mean, I, I, the names go on and on and on. And you're like, but they could be great. They could be amazing. But I think the thing about wide receivers, especially heading in the spring game, I don't know how this is shaking up. You asked me three weeks ago, who is our number one wide receiver? I would have said Xavier Betts. I don't know if that's the case today. I mean, I, I was about to put a pin in Omar Manning's career. I think we all were. I mean, and I was even higher on it, but it was like, man, yeah. he might be the guy. I mean, I, I don't even think I have Xavier Betts starting this year. I really don't. I, I mean, Oliver Martin, I thought was like, yeah, he's probably like our sixth guy. Is he our yeah. number one? Like, all of a sudden, all of a sudden he runs a four-four-one, yeah, double laser time. 
and has a 40 inch vertical. Like, like it's like, like is, that's is, insane. Is, is, is for a walk on thing. for, I mean, I don't understand he's a four, a former four star high school athlete, but he's a walk on right now. But you sit there and you're like, what, what does this all mean? And, and, and again, when you talk about the spring game, we'll see what comes out on Saturday. This is a group that relatively sounded like it's been pretty healthy. You know, Alante Brown was banged up. Chris Hickman was banged up. Sounds like Hickman is coming along pretty well. I don't know where Alante Brown is anymore, but well, like Hickman's moving to tight end now. Oh, they, they announced that. Yeah. I sent you an article today about it. He's yeah. he's back in the tight end room. I, I was I was working. So, yeah, you muted my text messages. I know. So we've all done it at least once. <laughs> uh, Patrick, I want to talk to you about this wide receiver room. Uh, even though there's not a lot of experience, uh, returning experience there, don't you feel like this is might be one of the strengths on the offense now? The best part about this wide receiver group is they're all big and they're all physical. We finally physically have the players we want to compete and catch those downfield passes. Really excited for Z. I think the big battle, what I would love to see is between Xavier Betts, uh, you know, keeping keeping that uh, sure receiver spot versus Omar Manning. And the great thing about it is that Omar Manning really has a redemption story on his hands because people have been writing him off. Like they won't, they wouldn't even mention him on 1620 half of the time, no matter what show you listen to. He basically like Voldemort, the man who has no name. So it's like it's time. And once and once you saw him in that open practice and you saw what he could do, gentlemen, I thought he looked potentially like the best receiver we've had since Stanley Morgan. I mean, this guy is big, physical, fast, and a lot, maybe a lot of the problems that we had in the past is we didn't have the physical makeup of receivers to block downfield, and that's why they were so reluctant to do it. Now we have big physical receivers that can block downfield and get those big runs that we need. So I think we're in really good shape potentially. All it's a question of now is actualizing that potential, making it happen. The excuses are over. We need to produce. Tyler? I will say this. I don't know what Omar Manning's going to be this year. I don't know if he'll play a snap. I don't know if he'll be an All-American. Nebraska has never seen a wide receiver like Omar Manning. Like, Omar Manning, from a physical, what he looks like, like, he is a first-round pick in the NFL. Like, like we, we do not, I mean, there is a reason why this guy was hyped up, like, next year, like he was going to be this, like, I, I get I, I hope you, it plays on the TV like when you see him line up. But like I just imagine him going against Quentin Newsome, and mm-hmm. maybe you see that matchup and you're gonna be like Quentin Newsome might be a starter. Oh, my God. Omar Manning looks like he's from a different planet. Like it's just you. You will. Again, we'll see what it looks like on TV, but you will not confuse Omar Manning with any other wide receiver on the field. So what matchup would you want to see? You want to see Omar matched up against CTB? I mean, I want to see. I mean, well, that's the test, right? I mean, CTB is our best player, period, end of sentence. Like, Oliver Martin, I want to see against Cam Taylor Bray. I want to see Xavier Betts against. I want to see the best of the best going against the best of the best in that regard. Agreed. Patrick? To be the best, you got to beat the best. Woo. (laughs) Right? Easy nature, boy. 
All right, uh, I want to talk about something that uh, I think is very important, and that's the backup quarterback position. I think this is something that is also very interesting to me, mainly because Adrian Martinez has yet to prove that he can stay healthy enough for an entire year. Uh, His freshman, sophomore campaigns, he missed games due to injuries. Last year, he was benched for Luke McCaffrey, not for injuries, but they pulled him. But we found out later on, you know, after six games, that he may not have even been able healthy, been healthy enough to even play in a bowl game. And that's after just six games in a shortened season. So his overall health is a huge question mark. Can he stay healthy for the entire year? And the numbers say that he can't. So seeing this backup quarterback backup quarterbacks evolve and get better and be even get to the serviceable level. I think that is a huge thing that we want to see because chances are one of these quarterbacks will have to step in for a game. So we don't want what happened in 2018 when Andrew Bunch came in against Troy and we lost, uh, you know, in any of these other games in 2019, Noah Vedral came in, we couldn't get a win. And I think he was a fine quarterback, but, uh, this is going to be something that is very meaningful and should be very meaningful for the fans. Seeing the development of these backup quarterbacks. Uh, Derek, you're talking about Mario Verduzco earlier. You know, he, he, he has to develop guys. We need to see something out of these backup quarterbacks where we have a warm and fuzzy that they can come into the field, come onto the field and, you know, they can actually run plays, make the throws that they need to. So this is something that I'm going to be really keeping an eye on. And if they keep it with this format where the veterans may sit out. So we know what we're going to get out of Adrian Martinez. You know, he, he's been our starter. He, he's he's a fine quarterback. Uh, let him work on a little bit deep balls. But the other guys, those are the guys that we I really want to see. I'm, I'm really anxious to see. I want to see their development with Logan Smothers, see how he's coming along. There's been question marks about his throwing ability. I want to see that. I want to see if he's an accurate guy. We all know that he's a dynamic runner. That's great. Matt Masker, the walk-on from Kearney. This, this is the guy that I've heard, uh, uh, I think, Parker Gabriel and uh, Gary Sharp say that, after that practice, if uh, if they had to name their number two, Matt Masker would be their number two. And there's nothing wrong with that if he is the number two. Harburg, the other uh, guy from Carney, I want to see what he is because we hear that he has a good arm. He just has to – he's got a funky throwing motion and, you know, maybe he's not accurate. I don't know. I just – I want to see that. That's what I'm really curious about. And we're going to get our plenty of opportunities to see that. Derek. All right. So first off, I want to say, as far as throwing motion goes, we dealt with four years of Taylor Martinez. Pretty sure throwing motion is not going to be the, the deal breaker there. No. Uh, but to, to me, when you talk about this, and you talk about Adrian Martinez's health, uh, th- this is why the running back battle is becoming so much more important. Because we got to stop running Adrian Martinez 10 15 times a game. Like it just has to stop. Like we have to keep him healthy because I don't know if we have a good backup for him. 
And it's it's youth. I mean, I'm not saying that we can't get a good good backup for him, but it's youth. Uh, Logan Smothers is he the guy? I don't know. Is is Harburg the guy? I mean, again, he's he's a true freshman. He's in his first spring. Matt Masker's been here the longest, but. I hate to be that guy, but do you really want to rely on a walk-on running your offense? At this point, I don't think there's – I mean, it it doesn't matter at this point. None of the backups have any Division A football snaps. No, you're right. They have zero experience. But, but so again, I think that's why it emphasizes – It doesn't matter at this point. I, I, again, I think that's why it emphasizes so much on keeping Adrian Martinez healthy and, and getting these running backs to be able to run a damn ball. And, and and maybe uh, Patrick kind of alluded to it early, uh, a little bit earlier with the wide receivers. Maybe the outside blocking with these wide receivers being so big helps with the running backs. Maybe the offensive line starts running blocking a little bit better. So maybe we don't have to rely on trick plays where Adrian Martinez is running the ball 15 times a game. Tyler, your thoughts on the backup quarterback position? I you know I I, I guess I'm with you guys. I I want to see it. I want I would love. You know, it's a practice. It's a scrimmage. It's not going to be end-all, be-all. But I would sure love to end this, be like, I think I know who the number two guy is. Like, that that's really what you want to see. If at the end of this scrimmage, it would sure be a shame if you – maybe we're wrong, but at least you would like to be like, I saw or, – or maybe it's two guys. Maybe you're like, man, both Logan's mothers, Masker, whoever the guys are – they they look real. They look like the real deal. And I and that's that's what I said. If if this was a real like if I was picking the format, Adrian Martinez would come out for the fans, two three series. His ass is on the bench. It is it's a backup day. It's a backup day at that quarterback room. And that's why I wouldn't want to see ones versus ones. I just want to say that because I w- I don't want to see like Logan Smothers get all the number one talent. I want I want to see them both play with a lot of good talent out there. And rotate it up, mix it up a little bit, and see how it looks. Patrick, what are your thoughts on the backup quarterback position? <sighs> Dire. But um, I will say that I think as far as experience, Logan Smothers is a good shot. Severely might limit the offense, though, compared to what Adrian brings to the table. But we all know Adrian's history. I don't know if he's going to stay healthy for the season, cross fingers, you know, sacrifice chickens whatever uh i'm hoping harburg has a chance to leapfrog into the fall i think he's got the most potential out of everyone uh based off of the stuff that's come out in the of the open practice he's raw but sometimes the best quarterbacks come out raw and you know you fine-tune them you get them going i think out of all of them he might have the chance to acclimate the best but what I'm frustrated with is that we were not proactive in going to the transfer portal to get a just in case something might happen to Adrian Martinez. Have someone experienced enough to take over the offense to get acclimated quickly into the offense so that we wouldn't really miss a beat. I mean, right. we got to start thinking like Dr. Cornhusk here and stop worrying and love the transfer portal. I mean, it's going to be our bane because we're going to lose people, but we'll also be our boon because we might gain that one player that turns everything around. And the fact that the coaches have not embraced that, especially in this situation 
where you've got Moose saying eight or nine wins. You've got a fan base that wants to feel proud about this team again. Why aren't you taking every opportunity you can to at least give your chance, you give your team a chance to ensure that? Yeah, it's interesting you say that because Frost did address that today. Uh, he said that they, as in, in regards to the transfer portal, he said that they probably won't pursue another quarterback. Uh, so I take that, that they feel comfortable with what they have. But even if they did reach out for another quarterback from the transfer portal, is three months enough time to get spun up on the offense to have somebody even serviceable? Probably not. Which goes to your point. It was like, why did they wait so long? They could have been here for spring ball. Uh, it, it's a crazy situation. Hopefully they uh, – at this point, we just have to trust the coaching staff that they have the right guy. And uh, But we will find out on Saturday. Uh, I want to jump over to the uh, defensive side of the ball. There's a couple position battles, uh, a little bit of interest. And that's the outside linebacker position opposite JoJo. Uh, Derek, any thoughts on that? Bildarius Payne. <laughs> My boy. I tell you what, I know Tyler kind of scoffs at this. I, I, I honestly think that guy's starting. I do. I think, I think Garrett Nelson, I love him to death. I love everything about him. I think he's definitely in the rotation. But Fildarius Payne is my starter. Starter. Tyler, thoughts? Garrett Nelson is the guy who I think is starting. I think people sleep on him. I think he took a big step forward last year. Um, but to, to Derek's point on Payne, and you're, you've heard uh, Javion Wright in the mix, and Caleb Tanner's not going away, guys. I mean, I know he's kind of like hot, cold with Husker Nation, but – Man, he, he, he's not going away. What I will tell you is the more I think about it, this outside linebacker group, I mean, I, I think a lot of people point at that secondary is the best or the defensive line is the best unit. But that outside linebacker group, man, that there's no scrubs there. I mean, it, it, is, it is a legit five deep in guys that be like, yeah, they, they could start. And the problem is JoJo's still around who's probably our second best overall defensive player. Like, it's hard to take him off the field. I mean, snaps are going to be hard to find this fall. Um, but, Derek, I, I, I get you ride that pain train, and it, Garrett ain't going nowhere. I, I Hey, I don't think he's leaving the rotation. I just I, – I, everything I'm reading, everything I, – I remember seeing it from Phil Darius Payne last year. I think he's in better position usually than Garrett Nelson is. I think he's a harder hitter than Garrett Nelson is. Well, he's a big motherfucker. I mean, let's just get that I, out I think, of the way. I think he's I a mean. better tackler. <laughs> I, I think overall he's a better defender. I, it's nothing against Garrett Nelson. I love Garrett Nelson. He is the Ric Flair of Husker football defense. Yes. Yeah, he's got a motor that doesn't quit. I mean, it, it, but again, I, I, I just, I, I, I was thinking about that today. I was like. You know, I, I, I have been like, is the defensive line the best or is it the secondary? And I, we'll probably talk about that at some point. But I'm like, man, I just feel like I'm sleeping on this outside backers. And it is it is a legit 5-6 deep at this point. It, 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 it's a good problem to have. And, I, again, I bring I, – I, Tyler, you brought this up before. Who in their right mind thought we were going to be talking about how good this defense was in year four of Scott Yeah. Fox? 
I mean, you have a guy. I mean, you have a guy like Blaine Gunnerson. I mean, a guy that a lot of people are high on, a good high school recruit. You're like, oh, I I don't know how the hell he's gonna see the field. Like, I I just don't I don't see where the snap. Who are you taking off to put Blaine Gunnerson in at this point? Great problem to have. You could be. I mean, Derek, you mentioned tight ends a position you get injured, and God will this doesn't happen. But if two outside linebackers get injured, I'm still sitting there saying, yeah, we're probably okay. Like. The thing is, I think it's linebackers across the board. I, I'm pretty confident on the inside linebackers. I don't think the depth is there. I don't think the depth really? is there. I, I, I think I think uh, Clements could still be good. I mean, I, I haven't seen Jackson him Hanna. You have Jackson, Jackson Hanna. You, Hanna. Got, you, got some, you got some deep cuts there. But I, I just I, I don't see, like, again, I don't even know who are fifth outside backers. I don't even know how you begin to start ranking them. But – I'll tell you this. If if let's just say our fifth outside backer is JV on right, I don't I mean that's that's a really good I mean he had the play of the game in the practice. I mean it's just yeah, good problems. Patrick, who do you expect to start in game one? Is it gonna be Garrett Nelson or is it gonna be Fedora's Payne? Say Caleb Tanner just to be a dick. Or other, yeah. Actually he was my second <laughs> choice. Um Okay, you know, I'll go with this. How about this? I think the coaches are going to look at consistency uh, more than playmaking. So they'll probably go with Garrett Nelson. But as the season goes along and as Payne starts to separate himself talent-wise and, you know, being around the ball and making big plays, he'll he'll take up the starting spot. Okay. Uh, I want to jump a, to the that's a cheesy answer, by the way. It is. Yeah, I was going to give him an off wait, on that wait, one. Way to take both sides. Yeah. Switzerland. I'm just being realistic. Based off of this co- <laughs> these coaching decisions, it wouldn't surprise me they do that at all. I mean, I'm be all on I'm your just, side, Derek, in that I want to start pain. But looking at it from the coaches' decisions and how boneheaded they've been, they're probably going to stick with Garrett Nelson. We'll see. I think we have uh, a new most negative cousin. I mean, Justin, Patrick's giving you a run for your money. I'm the optimistic one again. Woohoo! It's been a tough year. All right. I want to talk about quarterback opposite of uh, Cam Taylor Britt. This is this is going to be a fascinating battle. This is tons of capable guys. Tyler, how do you see that one playing out? Well, I think Quint Newsom is the 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 leader in the he, he you know it's Sunday he's the leader, I mean that that's where I think it is. You know you hear Braxton Clark, I mean I think we all saw flashes. His freshman year got injured, coming back, you know he you you know, we'll love to see him in the spring game, love to see how everything's shaken out, like to see him in action. Um, and then Nabib Joseph, uh, man, I, again a guy that I feel like kind of is out externally being like left for dead um i i get i i think this is a matchup you know we talk about the no contact and we talk about what to see and and i know how important running back is and i know how important that is but like for the point of fans and try and for us to talk like i wouldn't mind a glorified seven on seven like you Scott Frost, you call a hundred pass plays on this spring game. I I want to see this, these court backup quarterbacks, these cornerbacks. I want to see put Cam Taylor on the bench. We know he's an All-American. Put Nabib Joseph, Braxton Clark, Quentin Newsom out there 
for the all these steps. I want to see this. Like that's what I want to see on the spring game. Can, can I just say this, Tyler? If you're if you're right about Nadab Joseph just drifting away, and then you said something about uh, Omar May. I know you're high on him again, but you were like he may never see a snap on the field. If that happens, can we just stop going after JUCOs? Because this is a number one and number two JUCO tran- or transfers for that class. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't see it. If you, I, I don't make, see it. if you can't make them two work out, then it's time to quit going JUCO. Right? But Derek, Derek, I don't see it. But like, but like, I've heard like people like, well, Braxton Clark's kind of the third right now. I, I think that's a speculation, and the Joseph's the fourth. And, and my old theory on the secondary right now is like we're in the Big Ten, guys. We're not going to see a lot of dime formations out there. So you look at what we have at safety. We look at the depth there. You look at uh, Jojo Doman, who could basically play nickel. Uh, Wright can play nickel. Uh, so you look at these guys and you're like, man, how the hell are you going to find snaps for all these guys? Got to build and, up a huge lead, man. Okay, but like in a meaningful snaps, like how are you? Yeah. I mean, I you, get it. It, it, it's just you, you start doing the math there and you're like, well, if we're going to play five guys in the secondary, we have our four starters. We have Jojo, who's kind of a secondary guy. We have Wright, who's kind of a secondary guy. You have the two safeties that Miles Farmer, no. The fourth corner, if you're if you're fourth on that corner list, I don't know how you see the field this fall. Patrick, do you agree? In, in, in defense. I mean, our defense our defense is, is very loaded. I agree. Um, I was just going to say I think Quentin Newsom's probably going to take the spot uh, opposite uh, Taylor Britt because he compliments him the best. But I'm anxious to see how that defensive backfield does, uh, you know, against uh, the Big Ten. Uh, our defense is probably going to save our asses a lot this season. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they, how they respond. But, but imagine the scenario. I'm sorry, just put Braxton Clark. Let's just say him. I think we're all pretty high on Braxton Clark. What if he, I mean, that, that's such a good problem. If he's not good enough to see the field, like someone that caliber, is not good enough to see the field in defensive, meaningful snaps this fall? Like that is that, that right there. That gets me a semi chub. Like that 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 gets me a little excited. <laughs> All right, Patrick, you gotta follow up the chub remark. Well, I can follow it up with a rub. The rub is Clark might not even Oh shut up. Clark uh, Clark might not even stick around. You know, because of the transfer portal, he might be on his he might be going on his way out if he's low on the depth chart. That's the issue here. I mean, in the old days, it was just, you know, line up the other guy, line up the other guy in case something happened. You know, people don't have that patience anymore. So who's who's going to who's to say Clark's going to stick around? Dirk, thoughts? <laughs> maybe, maybe somebody will rub him to keep him around. <laughs> <laughs> rub that chub. <laughs> look, look, the transfer portal is uh, that's everybody's problem at this point. Hell, Ohio State just lost a four-star, almost five-star wide receiver today. It was the number one player out of Missouri in 2019. Yeah. Uh, he, he just entered the transfer portal. I, when you're when you're leaving, I mean, people are leaving every school. It doesn't matter what it is. 
Yeah. That's a whole other episode there. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, as far as that goes, I don't have much of an opinion. So, so I, I just want to fit this in here real quick. Uh, I, I kind of tweeted this out right before the show, but Bill Conley, he had tweeted out his uh, updated 2021 college football returning production and uh, on offense there. And Nebraska was ranked 91. And uh, I, I thought that was interesting. Uh, not surprising, though. Uh, Tyler's rolling his eyes here. But uh, that's why I think the spring game is interesting, because to get some of these young guys uh, game ready, get, get them the reps, because I think that's going to be important. Uh, what's also interesting about that uh, is that Nebraska's five or there's five teams that are ranked lower than Nebraska that we play. So I guess that's not terrible. We play, that's, all, that's five, good. We, we play all five of them? Yeah. Who are they? No, no, no. There, there's five opponents that Nebraska plays that's ranked lower oh. than Nebraska. And it is Illinois, Michigan State. It is Michigan Ruggers? No, not Ruggers. Uh, Western's got to be in there. Who's that? Northwestern's got to be there. Like and Northwestern. Yeah, Northwestern, they were 126, the second from the bottom out of this list. Oh, and Ohio State. Ohio State's ranked 124. So I thought that was interesting. It, and I think that and, – and, Justin, I, I rolled my eyes, but I'm glad you brought this up. This is why there's optimism. Like, like I think this is where you look at that and you're like – Okay, we're not going to beat Ohio State. I don't think anyone thinks so. But, like, that Michigan game that looked so daunting, like, man, is is they just got rid of Don Brown. They have nothing coming back. Who the hell is throwing balls at Michigan right now? Like, man, I, I just feel like we're – we're if it's not this year, I just feel like we're on the verge of seeing, like, the Harbaugh air come down in flames. And maybe Nebraska – maybe we take advantage of that this year. I, mean, I think most of us probably have that Michigan game somewhere in the fourth, the fifth, the sixth toughest game on the schedule. Like, but man, I don't know. I don't know if they're that. I don't know if they're that. Yeah, but it's hard. It's hard to say until we see what they do. I mean, the, the talent's there. Like it or not, I know they've had a lot of transfers too, but the talent's there. Like that, they've had. They, Jim Harbaugh has recruited his ass off, even if it did take dressing up in a little Girl Scout. Uniform and sleeping in a. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Whatever what happened? <laughs> I mean, at, at the end of the day, there, there's there's a lot of four and five star recruits there, so the talents there, it'll be they're still gonna be tough to beat. I, I I'm not gonna fall off that unless they're like zero and six by the time we play them. Derek, what could you see out of this out of the spring game that could give you more optimism headed into the fall? Uh, I, I'm probably going to steal this one from Justin, but uh, some deep ball completions. Uh, I, I want to see what Adrian Martinez is going to be capable of. Uh, I, I would surely love to see at least one running back emerge and look decent in this. I don't care if it's Yant. I don't care if it's Morrison. I really don't give a shit who it is. Just get, give me somebody who can run a ball other than Adrian Martinez. Uh can I Is knock that, you on your hypocrisy here? Sure. You're talking about Yant, that you you would be okay with him emerging, but you're not okay with Matt Masker emerging as the number two quarterback 
being a walk-on? Uh, I think it's a difference of a, a position, yeah. Okay. All right. There, there's, how often do you really hear about the walk-on quarterback who come out and just destroyed everybody? It's different for a running back. Running backs do it all the time. For a freshman walk-on to come in and... Maybe not a freshman, but you hear about walk-on running backs doing it way more than you do about a quarterback. I'd have to look into that. Uh, Tyler, same question to you. What could you see out of the spring game that could give you more optimism? I'm going to go to the defensive backs. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, I feel good about this defense. I feel there, but I, I really want to see a lockdown you. Like, and I'm sure I'll be like, I'm a little worried about that wide receiver room. But, like, I feel like there's guys there. Like, I talk about that glorified seven-on-seven, seven, which is kind of what I hope the first half turns into being at this point. Like, I kind of want to see the Noah Pola Gates is getting snaps. Like, put – again, put Cam Taylor Britt. Let him come out for a couple series. Put Deontay Williams out for a couple series. But get those guys on the bench early um, and, and let these – like these backups, I really want to see the depth of that secondary because when I look at the fall, when I look at the the what I envision the playbook for us to get to that eight nine wins to go full circle, it starts with this defense. And if this defense secondary comes in and locks us down, like I I think that I think the front seven will be okay. But if that secondary can really be that great, man, I I think I'll be really really happy. I'll probably shit on the backup quarterbacks if that's the case, though. Your answer shocks the shit out of me, Tyler. I I, I figured it'd be offensive. Well, I'll come back to that. Uh, what about you, Patrick? Um, basically O-line play. Mine's pretty much suited for or suited for like the second half, but we're hopefully O-line play. They need to show more um, nastiness, more physicality. I mean, we've been dominated so many times. It's a wonder if we, we don't use a safe word. Um, and then with the running game, with the running game, you know, five, six yards a pop would be great. Just to have that kind of positive yardage, even in small, medium chunks like that, that still, you know, that still shows something. So just I want to see some consistency in the running game, and I want to see some O-line play that's nasty. The blocks are there. There are no mistakes. I want to see good physical play in that second half. What I really want hey, to know is just, just what, don't be just don't be against walk-ons because Justin will hammer the offensive line for beating up on walk-ons. Yeah. No, the question I want to know is what is that safe word? Is it Farfanugan? Let's go with shenanigans. Shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> what a pistol whip the next son of a bitch that says shenanigans. Uh all right, so let, let's flip it this way. Uh, what what could you see out of the spring game that would give you more pest, pessimism headed into the fall, Derek? Let me see Tyler's version of the spring game. Yeah, like like if we can't pass a damn ball and our offense still looks like garbage, yeah, I, I'm going to be pretty concerned. Because I, I already know I, what we're getting out of our defense. Yeah, I, 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 I forgot to come back to Tyler on that because I, I'm shocked that you did not have the somewhere on offense as what you want to see. I Again, I, I, it's not that I don't want to see offensive produce. I don't want to see like a shutout. I just like to me, I just really think uh, I, I just I just think the tickets, the defense this year, guys, I, I do. I think that 
this offense is going to live and breathe with Adrian Martinez. Like I, 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 I think Austin so, Allen will so be. So show factor. me something in this. So show me something in this spring game that gives me confidence that Adrian Martinez is going to be more like freshman Adrian Martinez. And I think he will. I really do. I, but show me something. And having him get picked off six times. Well, I don't want to see. I mean, to me. again, it, let's be clear. With my scenario, Adrian Martinez is not the one doing the passing here. Like I, like it, it's Logan Smothers. It's like it's the backup quarterbacks that are going against the secondary. So you just want to see us get fucked if uh, Adrian Martinez gets hurt. I don't want to see us get fucked at all. I want to see a great secondary. Think positive, Justin. God. So I, I think for me, your answer would, just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Uh, what what would be um I, I think I guess what would be concerning to me it, it's overall like I and again I I worry about the health of this team at this point and so I don't know if there's anything on the field that I'm gonna take too much away but like man I'm gonna be a little bit worried if come Saturday you know JoJo Doman and Garrett Nelson and, you know, Austin Allen and what all these guys are just sitting on the bench. Like, I I really hope we're not that banged up at this point that, like, none of the starters are going to be able to play. And I know Frost alluded to the, the upperclassmen would at least do this thud. But to me, like, right now, I think the thing that would create pessimism for me is... I want, I want to, check, I want to change my answer. My answer would be the worst thing that could happen out of a spring game is seeing somebody, some people get hurt. Well, I mean, that's, I guess where I'm at. Like, I just, I don't even want to see like, like I, I want to see people play. Like, I want to have confidence. Like running backs, I want to see I don't, as I don't many know running backs so play. About seeing a JoJo Doman play, like I, it was a name. I just don't want to. See, I, I want to see guys. Like I just don't want to think because I don't want to think JoJo Doman's because ba- he didn't practice really that I much. I don't. I don't this. care if he's a little banged up and they just want to play it safe and keep him on the bench. Who cares? Yeah, but a little banged up in May. They did, turn, hey, turn, they did it with Stanley Morgan and JD Spielman one year. I get it. I get it. a little banged like, up in May like, though makes me a little banged up in May makes me a little bit concerned come August. And I guess that's where this isn't this isn't an April fifth spring game. This is an April showers bring May flowers type of deal. Like you. <laughs> You have a chance to recover, okay? Well, that's that's my answer. Apparently, Derek hates it. Patrick, what about when you? April showers? What could, what could you um, see out of the spring game that caused you more pessimism? I'll say this: I think everything's been kind of uh, covered, but it would be dispiriting if you have like such a separation of talent and athleticism in the second half players from the first half players. That would just be dispiriting because I'd like to at least think that we have some players that can match them athletically on the level just in case. And if we have such a big drop off with young players, I don't know what to think. I, I you know, I, that's my big fear is that our talent level is 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 just dramatically uh, is dramatically diminished. Well, I don't think uh, it's the talent level at that point. I, I think it's talent level. I think it's experience. It's, it's development at that point. I mean, because that's that's the thing that has been uh, been thrown around the last three years is that the development of the players has not been that great under the staff, and so that would uh, like kind of add to it. I don't know how that would add to it if the 
the, the ones that have been there for three years are looking great, but the drop-off is the freshmen and sophomores. Like, I don't know how that could be development at that point. Maybe it's early development, but I don't know how you could just sit here and say that's development overall. I, like, they were good. These coaches were good enough to develop players over three years, but they weren't able to – I mean, I, I don't know. I, so, I, so I don't see it as, like uh, – on, in the second half, it's just going to be freshmen playing. I mean, it's it's going to be oh, backers. Well, they say it, it's not going to be the okay. starters playing. So okay. if there's a so, huge so I'll drop say, off, I'll say, I'll say this. I'll agree with you if we see a bunch of juniors and seniors playing in the second half as our backups and they're not developed. Maybe I can agree with you on that statement. But I assume that we're going to see a bunch of young kids playing in the second half because I assume that most of our juniors and seniors are going to be playing. I don't know. I mean, I, I look at uh, the depth chart there on on defense. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'd have to look into it. But I think development, that is a concern that has been going on with this program for a while. So I, I, I see I see where Patrick's coming from. And maybe you don't see it that way. Do you, Patrick, it was like a development as a concern? They haven't had a lot to show for it. I mean, I don't know if Verduce goes on the hot seat, but it says something that Frost has taken it under, has taken Martinez under his wing pretty personally this season as opposed to last season. I I think it's spotty. I think some coaches do well with, with development, especially on the defensive side. Others, you know, work in progress. We'll see. Maybe it all comes together. We'll see. Right, Again, I, I, I'm sorry. I just got to say, so I know that I, there's a lot of reasons to be questionable about development. There's a lot of reasons to be questionable. But, like, man, I, I, I will tell you this. You talk about reasons to be pessimistic, and you, I kind of I feel like I got, sh- like, the looks of, like, that was a shitty answer. Both I times. T- yeah, both times. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> on offense and defense. Or I, I will tell you, though, I, I – because I expect to come Monday – Whenever we talk about this game, man, I I, I expect to be jazzed because I think heading into 2021, that I really do believe this is Scott Frost's best team. I real I really do believe this is his best team. Hey, I'm with you. I, I I'm already drank. I, I've already drank so much Kool Aid, my face is turning red. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I think I the I, alcohol. <laughs> Well, just because I put whiskey in my Kool-Aid doesn't make it not Kool-Aid. <laughs> but look, at the end of the day, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm fully on board. I think I'm with you, Tyler. I think this is one of the best teams Scott Frost can put on the field. I think this is by far the probably the best defense we're going to see. I think there'll be some errors made on offense, but I, I, at the end of the day, I think I think it will be a good offense. Patrick. I mean, if I'm left with, like, drinking the Kool-Aid and the only flavors left is urine, I mean, I could choke it down and suppress the gag reflex. But, yeah, I'll drink the Kool-Aid, too. At least it's still red. (laughs) God. All right. Uh, Tyler, let's let's talk about a real quick, a dark horse to emerge out of the spring game. Give us one on offense. I am going to go. Oh gosh, I had an answer and All right, he froze. Derek. All right. 
I, I'm going to go with, I, I hope this is still considered a dark horse. I'm going to go with Will, Will Nixon. Uh, I, he didn't get a chance to play last year because he was hurt. Uh, everything I'm hearing about him in the spring sounds like he's playing really well. Uh, he, he's kind of a utility guy where you can put him everywhere. So I, I, I think we're going to see a lot out of Will Nixon this year. All right, Tyler's unfroze, so let's go back to him. I, I was like, I had someone down, and I was like, where's my notes at? Uh, and, and and you guys might say this. I mean, again, I think when to Derek's point, I think you picked Bill Nix, a guy the media has been all over. Um, I'm going to go with the guy who's played a little bit last year, but wasn't really probably a factor um, the way that we thought. I think Travis Vokalek. I think that, you know, you heard Thomas Fedone, and this was kind of thought before that the injury, but, like, I feel like he's kind of fallen underneath. I, I think he's a guy that this in the spring game with his height and you saw some practice highlights last year. I think you might kind of get re excited for what he can bring to the table. That's a great answer. He he finally redeemed himself with a good answer. I like that. Patrick, what about you? Your I was going to go with Baron Miles Jr. based off of the no, whole legacy. Offense. He just, oh, on offense. He's a wide receiver. Is yeah, he a wide receiver? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, don't don't yeah. listen to me. <laughs> That is a dark horse there, then. <laughs> Who the hell is that guy? Yeah, but I, you know, going, I think I'm going to go with Masker because he's the walk-on and people are kind of counting him out. So I wouldn't be, I, I, you know, I would, I would like a story where he kind of surprises some people. Tyler, who was that guy that you were talking about after the, uh, the practice? You saw that Jabrio, what was Number 47, Austin uh, Jabaloniski. Yeah. Redshirt freshman from Lincoln made like two or three great catches during the spring game, uh, the practice. I mean, he was another guy I considered, but since I brought him up last week, I was like, and I really honestly don't know what he'll do during this practice. Well, it sounds like he's going to have his opportunity here. Second half. Yeah. But, are, I think, but when I you guys talk about the dog course, are you going to really like, I don't know. I, I'm really curious on how our reaction to this is going to play out. Yeah, I mean, until we see it, I'm not quite sure. Let's let's uh, do the other side of the ball. Let's go defense, Tyler. Um, sorry. Um, so pulling back up, uh, I would say my I know. Uh, I, I'm gonna go Jordan Riley. Um, Jordan Riley is a guy that uh, you know, I again, how physical it's gonna play out in the spring game yet to be determined. Uh, but when you look at that defensive line, I mean, I think that you feel really good about like the top four guys. Damian Daniels is really big linchpin in that defense. Like he's a guy that Jordan Riley's at. I think no one sings his praises the way they should. Like he is a very good backup that that nose tackle position. I think at the end of the spring game, you see him in there. He makes enough physical plays. I think he'll play a little bit more in the second half when it gets physical. And you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, we're deep there too. Derek. All right. I, I, I've got like four names written down here. So come back to me after everybody's done. So I'll name the other ones. So I'll just name them for now. Uh, but for, for now, I'll go with Noel Pula Gates. Really? Okay. Okay. Uh, I Deontay Williams is going to get suspended for at least two games out of his targeting calls. Right. So Noel Pula Gates is going to have to come in. And I think, I, plus, I think he's a better athlete. I think he's probably a better safety at the end of the day than. than but possibly both the safeties we have. Uh, but yeah, right now, if for Dark Horse, I'll go no pull of Gates. Patrick. 
it broke my heart when I found out that Javian Wright wasn't a receiver because that was just a sick ass catch he made in that open practice. And I just kept looking at that clip over and over and over again. And I'm thinking to myself, boy, I hope you have yourself a good spring. So I'm going to root for that guy to just kind of light up, light it up in the spring game and show the coaches what he can do and, and the fans. Cause I tell you what, that was just unreal. And if he can, and if that wasn't just a one-time thing, then I'm all aboard on that kid. I like that pick. I like that. Uh, Derek Javen, is, is Javen, one of your guys. Javen White, Javen Wright was one of my other picks. Is Garrett Snodgrass another one of your picks? No. All right. I had I had two others other than Javen Wright. And the other the other two were uh, both defensive line, which is why I didn't want to name them because I think it's a tough position to break into. But a lot of it came from all the praise that uh, Tuioti had today, and Ruquan Buckley. I mean, that guy seems to be making a name for himself, guys. Yeah. He, and he is making the name. And the other walk-on, the walk-on, baby, Colton Feast. Yes. Good call. First, first name brought up by Tuioti when he was asked about the surprise players on his on his squad. Uh, he's not the first, and Tuioti is not the first guy to bring him up with his work ethic and his, uh, he goes 100 mile an hour all the time, they say. Uh, and I love the walk-ons. Col- Colton Feast was one of my other dark horses. But the only reason I didn't want to bring them two up as my true dark horses is I just think defensive lines going to be a tough, tough position to crack. And Derek, you you mentioned um, Noah Polagates, and that was your first answer, I think, if I remembered your list of like 18 names you just named. But uh, first of all, but yes, <laughs> but uh, you know, like that guy, that kid. Who, we'll see what happens, and maybe he ends up transferring. But like, like there was a trajectory. Like, like this time last year, like I felt like there was like, like people were cooling on him already. And the fact that I feel like there's a buzz coming back around him. It just, you know, Patrick, you you've harped on it this episode the 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 value of patience a little bit with some of these kids. And I I, I hope you're right on him because Noah Polagates was too, fast. We wind two years ago. Like, there is no one I was higher on. Yeah, absolutely. He was one of the top recruits we had in that class. Uh, so, so I mean, and again, there's going to have to be some rotation in that secondary. I don't know if Travis Fisher is aware of it. I don't know if he wants to do it. But there's going to have to be because you're not going to be able to keep dismuking Deontay Williams around forever. Well, we will we'll have plenty of time to debate if there has to be rotation in that secondary. But I will also say that your Noah Polgates also goes into my answer that Justin ridiculed me for. That secondary is something that could make me more excited. But yeah, that's a good answer when Derek says it. But when I bring it up, it's like pfft. the secondary is going to be fine. They will be fine. But, but it's fine at the starter. They're the strength of the. They're, they're the strength of the yes. team. Cam Taylor, Britt, Deontay Williams, Markel Dismuke. That's the strength of this team. I, I find it funny that Justin would even call it the strength of a team when he has so much disdain for uh, Deontay Williams. I know. Because like, there's three other guys like, backing like, him up. There's only one player on this team he hates more than Deontay Williams, and that's Adrian Martinez. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I think Deontay Williams is the most hated. Yeah, it is. I, I don't know. I, I've heard him bitch about Adrian Martinez way more than Deontay Williams. Yeah, but but 
I, I give a lot more praise to Adrian Martinez than I do Deontay Williams also. I, I guess I'm okay as a praise. Sure. No, I'm, I'm, look, I mean. He's okay. I mean, <laughs> no, he, he's, he's a great runner. He's, a, he's okay. He, he's a great runner. He can dump off that ball better than anybody in the conference. He fumbles the shit out of the ball, and he can't throw deep. Deontay Williams, I don't like his form. I don't like I, I don't like his penalties. <laughs> I don't like his targeting. I don't like his style of play. I went, I went through it. Deontay Williams had two penalties all year last year. Most memorable ever. <laughs> yeah, but one anyway. foul on the sideline and one targeting. That was it. Uh, let's get a score predictions here. Now, with this format, it's going to be wonky. This doesn't mean anything, but this is fun. We're all throwing in five bucks on this. Whoever's the closest wins that pot. Uh, Tyler, since you're nodding your head, we're going to go – or shaking your head. We're going to go $10 now. So, eat shit. <laughs> all right, Derek, score prediction, red and white. 56 to 6. Tyler. 8 to 6. Oh, because that defense is going to be so – yeah, they're going to be so great. No, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I, I'll, I'll go 35-31. Uh, that defense ain't so great anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick. I got 55-42, and I kind of hope that uh, Adrian and the boys get revenge for their mess up during that scrimmage. Jeez. I am going to go 31 to 13. Uh, all right. A uh, couple questions that we need to knock out here. Uh, we get on Twitter here for the episode 200. And uh, we'll get into the draft here in a second. But if Cam Taylor Britt replicates last season, where will be where will he be drafted next year, Tyler? Third round. Third round. Day two guy. Uh, Derek, what do you think? Uh, I, if he replicates last season, yeah, probably third round. I expect him to be better than he was last season, which I could think, well, which I think could move up to second second round. But if all he does is what he did last year, then probably third round. Patrick, any thoughts? One, two to three, third round. Third round? Okay. Yeah, I think day two guy. I think he is he's definitely a day two guy. I think he could have left this year and been a day two guy. Uh, other question. Uh, we talked about running backs and the de- development or lack of development there. Is held coaching for his job this year, Tyler? Man. Yes. You know, you know, held held has proven himself as a recruiter. I think he's a good coach. Like, there's, but there's, I, I mean, there's no evidence, right? Like, I mean, like, I feel like he says the right things. I think that he's involved, but there's literally no evidence that the guy's a good coach. Uh, yes, he's coaching for his job. Agree, Derek? Yeah, I already said that. Yeah, along, along with Verduzco and probably Greg Austin. Uh, there may be a defensive coach or two. I don't think there probably is, but. I think those three coaches are absolutely coaching for their job right now. Patrick? Held seat is warming up. Yeah. 
right. Uh, the draft is this weekend also. We got a lot of going on. Not only the spring game is going on, we got the Kentucky Derby, which is going to be exciting. We got the Kentucky Oaks on Friday. So, uh, where's my horse racing friends? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Yep, Mr. Ed. All right. Uh, Tyler, what do you think of these uh, draftable Huskers here? Does anybody get drafted this year and where? Um, well, I mean, I think that uh, – there, there, I think there's two names of guys that I think that have a real shot at it. Um, I, I think it's DiCaprio Boodle and Brendan Hymas. I think those are the two guys that have a shot at it. I, I think Brendan Hymas will get drafted. I think he's probably going to come in about the fifth or sixth round. Um, decap. I, I I'm gonna be a homer. I'm gonna I'm gonna say he edges into the seventh round. Dirk. Ah, uh, look. Uh, Brandon Hymas is the only one that's got a shot. I think. Uh, I would love to see Boodle. I maybe maybe his speed because he is fast. He's one of the fastest guys on the field. Maybe he maybe he finds a way onto onto a seventh day or. Sorry, seventh round pick, but I'm not. I don't. I don't see. I, I think Hymas is probably sixth, seventh round. It's probably all we get. It still makes me laugh any time that Derek is forced to say anything positive about DiCaprio Boodle. It still <laughs> makes me laugh. His his brother talks shit to Derek. <laughs> about his criticism that was so funny. Anyway, uh, Patrick. What about you? I agree. I think uh, I think Hymas goes late. I'm rooting for Boodle, especially considering his pro day. He had an incredible pro day, but I don't know. I I'll be I'll be positive. I've been negative Nelly all night, so I'll be positive. I'll say Boodle is the second Husker drafted. He'll go probably late. He might be Mister. What is it, Mister? Uh, un irrelevant. Irrelevant. Unreliable. Yeah. There I am, negative Nelly again. But I do think that we're probably going to get a lot of free agents uh, going. Uh, I, I, I agree with you there. I do think there'll be a lot of free agent, uh, undrafted free agents. I, I think we'll have four or five of those guys. Who? Jack Stoll. Uh, I, I think Dedrick Mills possibly gets picked up somewhere. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Tyler's agreeing with you. I, I, think, I, think, I think DiCaprio Boodle's one of them. Uh, I mean, I think you, I think it's Far- Farniak. Farniak. I think Farniak could get picked up by somebody. M- Mills, maybe. Uh, I, I don't see Jack Stoll. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, if, if he does, he may he may be out of camp in 30 days. But yeah, and that, uh, that may be possible. But I think he'll get a shot. So, so if Nebraska only sends one guy to the draft, does this does my argument that development has been a question mark? Does that come into play? Now, if we only send one guy to the NFL, maybe next year, not this year. That, that's after three years. It's like it, it still doesn't matter. I, I'm not stoked by the players that are leaving this year. Okay, well, I, I don't know if that's all on development. I just it's not. It's not like we're losing a four-star guys. Uh, were was Hymas a four star? 
Farniak uh, might have been a four-star. Right? Been, I don't think Farniak. So, Tyler, you're the recruiting guy here. I'm a three-star. I think I think Hymas was a three-star. High three-star. Was he a high three-star? Uh, I, I, I think he was a okay. rivals. But, but okay. I don't know. Farniak, I don't think, was a four-star. Okay. All right, well. All right. There, there, there was a moment when everybody said we ha- that we the only reason maybe Hymas was recruited. A the only reason we recruited Matt Farniak was to get his younger brother Will Farniak, who's already transferred out of the program. Anyway, I thought Matt was way more talented than Will. Well, we don't know that because we've never seen Will. That's why. <laughs> All right, uh, guys, two hundred episodes. It was. It's been awesome, uh, Patrick. Thank you for joining us again tonight. Any uh, final thoughts on joining us here? Uh, you know, it's been quite a ride. You guys have got six seasons in the belt, and Mash lasted for eleven seasons, so you're halfway home. So, uh, you know, <laughs> just keep it going. I'm looking forward to three hundred. God, that's a great theme song. God, I wish Connor could throw that theme song into the very end of this podcast play mash connor's too young he doesn't know what the hell mash is <laughs> uh derek Tyler, 200 episodes dude it's been awesome uh special thanks to our producer connor russell for putting this audio together for us be sure to follow the husker cuzcast on twitter at husker cuzcast like us on facebook look for episodes anywhere you get your podcast hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review On behalf of Derek and Tanner, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red.